VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. KFI AM 640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. It's Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. The boys will be back tomorrow, at least one of them. I'm not sure if they're both here, but they dragged me out of the closet today. And you'll have me for the next three hours. And I like to cover everything, usually from a financial perspective, because every story is a money story. Um, and we will talk today about the IRS, Gone Wild, Jat, GPT, and your jobs, investment scams, and what it's like being a writer in this town when you haven't been able to collect a paycheck for over six weeks. But... With me right now is Steve Gregory, because this is also a money story. I can't believe it It's was only January with this Monterey Park massacre happened. I feel like it was, I don't know, 2021. It seems like a lifetime ago. I know. I think it's just because it was so devastating. And I think people are just trying to forget about it. But then last week, the Small Business Administration, uh, their L.A. office, uh, had a press conference along with uh, Democratic Congresswoman Judy Chu announcing that there was a, a bunch of funding available for small businesses and nonprofits in Monterey Park impacted by that shooting. How? All right. First of all, how unusual it is for a horrific event like that to get small business administration aid. That that seems. Um, yeah, because typically different. the money is always available after a disaster, natural disaster. But uh, Judy Chu has been working with the Biden administration, apparently getting approval the SBA to free up some money. Now, what's unique about this is the money you know, in typical SBA loans, you go through a third party, usually another bank, and you apply for it. And then the SBA backs the loan. Mm -hmm. In this particular case, the money's coming directly from the federal government. They're bypassing the third party to expedite the funding in these low interest long term hmm. loans. So it's coming right out of Treasury or whatever, mm -hmm. or the SBA yeah. directly? Yeah. Uh, who was impacted by this other than the dance halls? I don't understand. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have asked that. And and I asked it myself because I was trying to wrap my head around it. But remember, that was the Lunar Day Festival that weekend that it happened. Because the shooting happened on a Sunday. The festival started on that uh, weekend. And it was supposed to go on for a few days. A lot of vendors, they, they had to shut the festival down. So a lot of vendors count on that as their primary source of revenue for that year or for at least for that quarter. So a lot of these vendors were impacted. Businesses, brick and mortar businesses were impacted. And people, there was no foot traffic after the shooting. People that own businesses down on the down in that uh, Main Street area, Garvey area, no one was coming to the restaurants, the retail shops. And they said foot traffic went down significantly. By 70% sales went down. During the biggest week of the year. Right, after, because they canceled it immediately for the remainder of the week after that Sunday. And or after that Saturday night into Sunday morning. So the Sunday's festivities, which was the number one day, uh, that had been canceled. And then in the subsequent days after. What kind of money can these people get? Well, by law or by, and I shouldn't say by law, by, by policy, you can get up to $2 million Oof. 
But if you qualify, if you happen to be an employer of multiple people and you have a huge impact or a huge footprint, the SBA can waive that $2 million limit. However, we're talking about a bunch of small businesses here. Yeah. And we're not talking about necessarily all businesses from Monterey Park because there were some vendors that were from Long Beach and other places around the Southland that were also impacted. You know, they came up like their whole family might have a, right. a food booth or right. something or merchandise booth and they had to pay for the booth rental. They had to pay for the insurance. They had to pay for the supplies and the product and everything. And then it was all wasted. So are they able to get it now or what is the current estate? Yes. How much money has it been doled out so well, far? Taxpayer money. As of <laughs> Friday. And, uh, the, you know, it's, the SBA has been really good about keeping us updated. So it, the program was just announced a little over a week or so ago. And already they've had 47 applicants and they're working on all the applications. And so far, two have been approved and the others are still pending. But at least two have been approved totaling between the two, five hundred uh, so thousand dollars. So a half million dollars already. Yeah, between the two. Between applicants. two, and there's forty-seven so far. Forty-seven, and we'll know the disposition of those as it goes on. Um, the mayor pro tem at the at the time, uh, actually at the time of the press conference, said that he estimated there were about sixty-five businesses in total that were impacted. So just assuming each business is going to average two hundred and fifty thousand you know you're talking 15 million something some, which is which is you know in the scheme of things a drop in the bucket but as a taxpayer putting on my taxpayer hat i think something to watch for is if the sba is now going to be a lender or provider for man-made disasters for mass shootings which we have i don't know how many we had today yeah mm -hmm. i mean this is a new this isn't a hurricane or an earthquake. This is a, I, I, is there any talk or have they been asked yet? Well, gee, doesn't this open up the floodgates for people in Texas and Florida and everywhere? Right. And, and apparently this was the second time they've done this. There was another mass shooting incident back east and I, and, and Congresswoman Chu couldn't remember the incident, but that was the, that was sort of the, uh, the test market, if you will, to do this. And they found out that uh, it was very helpful because, again, there were businesses or, you know, other entities that were impacted. And we always think about the victims themselves or, you know, the loved ones of those killed or injured. But we don't think about the, well, the economic, the impact. economic yeah. impact or the collateral damage beyond that. And that's why she said it was really important for her and some of her other colleagues to push this through. Well, I mean, she's doing her job. Her job is to protect her people. And so congratulations to her for that. As a taxpayer, I'm wondering, you know, at a time when we're running these huge deficits, um, you know, how much can we afford to then open up the SBA to do all the to, to service all these other uh, backdrops? And was there no other aid in the state or somewhere else these people could have gone to that they had to go to the SBA? Or was it just her being really, really clever and figuring out, hey, why don't we try this? I think it's a combination of all of that because I know the state was involved in this and they've got a, a bunch of other programs, uh, nonprofit programs and NGOs that are helping in this effort as well. So in addition to maybe getting some funding, and if they don't get their funding, they'll still get some help with like marketing and they'll still get some help on organizing and, and trying to get back on their feet and if for some reason they don't qualify for the funding, and because I asked the question, I said, being a federal entity, you know, are these people going to get their mon money now or in 10 years? Yeah, yeah. You know, and she said, no, that's why the money's coming directly from the SBA. We're expediting the process, but there are still criteria. You know, these have to meet some certain criteria in order to get the funding. But they were they were focused on the fact that, like, 
a nonprofit, if you had a nonprofit that was out there that day and all of a sudden it was going to do some fundraising and it couldn't do fundraising, the nonprofit has zero interest payback for up to 30 years for the first year. Wait a minute. Wait. wait zero wait. interest the first year. Wait. If you're a nonprofit who was out there fundraising, but you were not allowed, you couldn't raise any money, you can still, you have some sort of relief you can get for what expenses you paid, not for the money you didn't raise. They're not filling your coffers with money that you weren't able to raise. But again, they have to provide at least and pitch their case yeah. and figure it I out. But but not they were talking about the fact that nonprofits have the first year of their repayment is, is interest-free. <laughs> you know... Nonprofits is where all the money is. Of course. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah. All right. Steve Gregory, thank you for stopping My by. Pleasure. I know you have to go run off and do your Steve Gregory <laughs> KFI news bit. Thanks. Always a pleasure. All right. Uh, when we come back, I've mentioned it before, the IRS is run amok. We will discuss that. And also, California is the number one state shocker in everything, including investment fraud. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Trailer for Flamin' Hot on Hulu, uh, Disney Plus. Uh, Deborah, have you watched it? No, but it's on my list. Have you watched Air about Air? Yes, Jim? I love I loved Air. it too. That was great. I loved it. I thought Ben Affleck was so great. I mean, Matt Damon, of course, when he's not selling crypto.com, he does a great job. <laughs> and uh, the, the Viola Davis or Viola Davis. Oh, Viola Davis, Davis amazing. Oh. Now, that movie is a movie and it's not 100% accurate. And apparently Flamin' Hot is almost like, I don't know, maybe 20% accurate. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, they're the truth, the quote-unquote truth about the uh, basis of Flaming Hot and the Cheetos is uh, maybe not all due to, um, you know, Richard Montañez, who has claimed it, made written books and done a whole lecture career based on it. Um, but he made Frito-Lay, PepsiCo is trying to be nice and saying, hey, he was maybe part of it or he helped out. There may have been a woman who actually came up with it. He's made a whole career out of this. Eva Longoria, it's her directorial debut, is saying, hey, this isn't a documentary. Richie, you saw it, right? Richie Quintero. Yeah, I did. Um, I was actually watching it over the weekend with my nieces and nephews. And of course, what other way but by eating hot Cheetos as well. <laughs> Does it bother you if you've realized that most of it is baloney? You know what? Watching it, I didn't really hear too much about it not being legit. I literally thought it was. And I thought it was very inspirational being Latino and seeing that. So, yeah, I... You know, coming about when the headlines came about and learning that it wasn't, I was kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, it's still a good film, right? Right. But um, yeah, a little disappointed in that part, but love Hot Cheetos. And another well, yes. tip, you know, some lime on there. Mm, so oh, good. really? Yes. You know, you got to have that extra kick to it. That, that, well, wonderful. Well, Eva Longoria's whole thing is like, this is really a celebration of a Mexican-American success story. Right. And PepsiCo has gone out of its way to say, even though we're not sure he actually had anything to do with it. Which is crazy because like, I, I don't you know. Yeah. It's a situation. I, I don't know. I mean, it is sort of like weird that you'd make a movie about it then. Right. But it's Hollywood. And uh, of course, Hollywood's not doing anything right now because the writers are still on strike. And next mm -hmm. hour, we are going to talk to a writer, uh, KFI's very own former person here, Vanessa Heron. She's going to join us because she's now going on week six without a paycheck. Uh, she works on The Equalizer at CBS starring Queen Latifah. Meantime, okay, I get three or four calls a day, even though I'm on the 
do not call list. Now the new thing is a solar credits or HVAC. I can't tell. Before it was car warranties. Does anybody know anyone who actually got a car warranty based on those calls? If you are out there and you said, you know what, it seemed like a good deal, tweet me at Jane Wells because I, 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 they must, somebody must bite for them to keep having these robots make these robocalls, even though they're facing litigation for doing so. California, it turns out, according to a new study, ranks number one in investment fraud. Now, I'm getting pinged all the time on Twitter and LinkedIn now by people who want me to invest that are this, that, or the other. So that whole thing is turning. LinkedIn has changed so much from being a place where you look for a job or you network to now people are pitch, pitch, pitching her. Anyhow, according to Carlson Law, an investment fraud company releasing its state of investment fraud in 2023, we're number one. We lost $869 million to investment fraud last year, which is about 25% of the nation's total, $3.8 billion. Yeah, we got 13% of the population, but we gave up 25% of the fraud, uh, investment fraud. It's mostly due to crypto scams, which stole a record $2.6 billion last year. And if the future of fraud will involve deep fake videos and voice cloning. So they talk about in this story from Carlson uh, Law, four types of investment fraud to avoid in 2023. Number one. AI, deep fake, and voice cloning fraud. And it says a woman lost $750,000 after watching a video of billionaire Elon Musk, which convinced her to go to a website to buy shares of a stock. All right, let me just stop you there. You see a video of Elon Musk, or you think it's Elon Musk, and you immediately take $750,000. You must have so much money that you don't know what to do with. She invested and she received documents showing huge returns. Unfortunately, the video was an AI-generated deep fake which used voice cloning technology and her money was stolen. Now, how to avoid this? Signs of deep fake video may include excessive blinking, no blinking, well, that would be the real Mark Zuckerberg, or changes in skin tone and lighting. Be wary of videos from celebrities offering investment opportunities. Matt Damon, Crypto.com. Number two, crypto initial coin offerings or ICOs. They're kind of like IPOs, but they're, you know, hey, we're going to have a new coin. It's a company seeks to raise capital for an ICO that promises high returns or an innovative project that does not exist. They use fake websites and they come up with fake what are called white papers, which are supposed to back the, the coin and what the, the, what's the technology behind it, et cetera, to lure investors into buying tokens. Once you invest, everything disappears. How to avoid this? <laughs> Put the founder's image, email, and phone number into a reverse search platform to confirm the identity. Because half the time you'll find out the photo is not them. The email does not, the phone number does not exist. Then thoroughly research the firm and be skeptical. Yeah, here's another idea. Don't do it. Number three, real estate phantom property. Real estate agents create property listings for a lucrative real estate investment. They have fake permits and titles that look legitimate, but it is a phantom property that does not exist. How do you avoid this? Visit the property before investing and research the agents involved. Also, the documents they send you may have visible deletions, alterations, or use different handwriting and font. 
Uh, that's what I always like. You know, they're getting better. They're using AI. And so the, you know, the uh, Russian emails trying to get you to invest that don't spell right or you have wrong, uh, incorrect syntax, they're getting better. And number four is a good old-fashioned Ponzi scheme, you know, where you are promised outlandish returns, quote, guaranteed. How do you avoid that? If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Later in the show, we are going to discuss ChatBT because I've been talking to a lot of executives, chief financial officers, chief information and technology officers at companies around the West, private, public, large and small over the last couple of months. And almost to a company, they are instituting what's called generative AI, not just regular AI, which, you know, everybody uses it. It's just this when you use a computer instead of a person, but generative AI, where it's generating content, generating speech, or it's learning, you've got machine learning. They are all using it. Many of them want to use it to replace people, but it is still, particularly JATGPT, is still so riddled with errors at the moment. You may recall the lawyer that that uh, used ChatGPT to come up with precedent to argue his case, and the and the computer came up with four cases that didn't exist, and the judge was like, what? Uh, however, they are banning it. So later in the show, we are going to talk about ChatGPT. In fact, I'm going to have ChatGPT do that segment. That's it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jeez. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand. From KFI AM 640. I'm Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. Uh, I didn't know it's John Cobell's birthday today. Yes, it is. Was he 103? 102 to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's one of these guys like my husband who came out of the womb, an old man. You know <laughs> old what I mean? Souls. Oh, well, no, old man. Grumpy. Mm. Grumpy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John can be grumpy. At okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I have noticed. Sometimes. I know. He hides it well. He does. He does. Uh, so happy birthday, uh, JK. I think, I don't know if he's back tomorrow. One of them's back. Ken is in tomorrow. Okay. So John's still enjoying uh, another year around the sun. We wish him well. I hope he's having a good time. Later in the show, actually in the next segment, we're going to discuss how Gen Z is affecting the workplace and whether or not that's a good thing, in my opinion. And if we're all going to head for a four-day work week, wouldn't that be great to have a four-day work week? It would, but in our business, that's just not going to happen. Well, um, I had it for a brief moment in time, um, and then they took it away. Really? Because, well, like you said, it's the news business. It's yeah. just you have a machine you have to feed all the time. They'd have to... They'd ha you'd have to job share or take a 20% pay cut. And that was not, yeah, that's not cool. Exactly. But we'll talk about that in the uh, next, uh, uh, next segment. I, I need a 20% pay cut just so I can get into a different tax bracket with the IRS. And we're, we were going to spend $80 billion uh, more to give IRS agents the ability to track down scoff laws. Now it's only $60 billion, And based on what's being reported in the Wall Street Journal, maybe that ought to go to zero. Here are two stories. That ought to make your hair stand up on edge. 
the GOP, the House of Republican um, oh, Judiciary Committee is looking into two surprise visits by IRS agents to people's homes without any letter or warning, allegedly. This one, this first one happened in Marion, Ohio in April. According to the journal, a taxpayer received a visit from a man who claimed his name was Bill House and he worked for the IRS criminal division. Mr. House said he needed to talk to this taxpayer, a woman, about an estate for which she was the fiduciary. So she's the trustee or the executor or something of somebody's estate. She let him in, first mistake, despite having received no prior IRS communication. I don't know, you know, I'd be like, show me your ID. And then you're kind of afraid because it is the tax man. They show you an ID. Mr. House claimed he, uh, that she had not properly filled out estate forms and owed the, the IRS, quote, a substantial amount for the estate. Only when the taxpayer presented proof of paying all taxes on the estate did the agent reveal that his visit wasn't about the estate at all. It was about several supposed delinquent tax returns related to the decedent of the estate, to the dead guy, okay? Apparently, the dead guy was delinquent on tax returns, and even though this fiduciary had nothing to do with that and was all up to date, that's what the IRS was there for. Now, the taxpayer called her attorney, who insisted Mr. House leave the house, only to be told by the IRS, I'm an IRS agent. I can be at and go into anyone's house at any time I want to be. He finally left, but not before threatening to freeze the woman's assets and put a lien on her house if she didn't satisfy the balance in a week. Fearing a scam, according to the journal, she called the police who ran his license plate to verify his identity. When a police officer called Mr. House, he identified himself as an IRS agent, but said that House wasn't his real name. He was using an alias. The officer, also suspecting a scam, warned that if he went back to the woman's home, he'd be arrested. Mr. House then filed a complaint against the Marion police officer with the Treasury Department Inspector General. So he's starting to stick the Treasury on the cop. The taxpayer then spoke to Mr. House's supervisor, who clarified that, yes, in fact, she owed nothing and, quote, things should have never gotten this far. Then the following day, she received a letter addressed to the dead guy stating that the dead guy was delinquent on several filings. This was the first and only mail notification she ever received. She was again told nothing was owed and the case was closed. So in summary, some IRS agent wielding the power of the federal government shows up unannounced at your home lies about his identity to get inside, threatens you with punishment if you don't pay a tax bill that you don't owe, and leaves only after the intervention of a lawyer. And when the police call, then the police officer is reported. This is not the first time in recent memory that this has happened. In March, the journalist Matt Taibbi who was uh, reporting all the things in the Twitter files about how Twitter was in cahoots with the federal, the Biden administration and Democrats. The day he was appearing before the House Judiciary Committee to talk about this, an IRS agent made a surprise visit to his house. 
He was subsequently told there were identity theft concerns with his 2021 and 2018 tax returns, even though his accountants possessed documentation that the return had been accepted and had never received any notification of a problem. It seems the IRS, according to the journal, officially opened its examination of Mr. Taibbi's return. What day? What day did they start looking into Matt Taibbi, who has been critical of the federal government for years and it was started putting two and two together with the Twitter files? What day did the IRS officially open its examination into his returns? December 24th, not only a Christmas Eve, but a Saturday, writes the journal. What could be urgent enough to inspire a government employee to work overtime? That was the day. Matt Taibbi had finished three weeks of reporting on the Twitter files, an expose of a wide sweep of federal agencies working with social media companies to censor online speech. It also showed there's more. This isn't just this keeps going. An IRS agent dived deep into Mr. Taibbi's personal file, his life, compiling a file of his voter registration cards, whether he concealed had a concealed weapons permit. Whether he possessed hunting and fishing licenses, what does that have to do with your tax liability? Again, this guy or these people are acting like they're going after Al Capone and they think they're Elliot Ness. They think they're the FBI working with the IRS. So this is uh, the House Judiciary Committee is now demanding all kinds of documents from uh, the IRS in both cases. Who knew what, when, who said what to whom. And uh, I'm glad, again, they've clawed back at least $20 billion. I hope that's only the beginning. By the way, uh, Harry and Meghan are now being called grifters by someone who was working with them. Maybe the IRS ought to go after them. We'll have more on that later. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. <laughs> You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. I'm actually going to Japan this week. Uh, I'm going to Tokyo for a wedding and then down to Okinawa to see my son and my grandchildren. And because I cover the stock market for CNBC, Japanese stocks, they're having a great year. They're up 28 percent. And there's word now that if you are a fan of Warren Buffett, he has just raised his stakes in several um, Japanese exchanges so if you like to follow his lead, uh, Richie, you know who Warren Buffett is? Nope. Tony? Yes. Okay. How old are you, Tony? 47. Uh, Richie, how old are you? 33. All right. Google it. Uh, you are not 33. Oh, my gosh. You must still get carded. I do. I just had my birthday over the weekend. So Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Deborah, you know who Warren Buffett is, don't yeah. you? Yes, I do. And I'm not saying my age, Jane. <laughs> She's 21. She's Thank forever you. young. Right. Forever 21. Yeah. Oh, so Warren Buffett invests in good businesses, but business in America is changing. The office is changing. Bernie Sanders is still calling for a four-day work week. And I saw this story from The Hill, which I do not believe. More than half of American employers either offer a four-day week win, work week or plan to. This is a survey of almost a thousand business leaders by ResumeBuilder.com saying 20% already have a four-day work week. I do not believe that unless you're interviewing a lot of businesses that have, you know, like fast food restaurants where maybe people aren't working full shifts. And another 41% plan to implement it. I do not believe that. I do not believe that. 
I wouldn't mind working four days a week, getting the same pay. I right. don't want a 20% uh, rate deduction, but I would love to have a three-day weekend. Yes, I um, I had it for a very short time, and then I went freelance for a while just so that I could be sure and have it. It, And I would always have not a three-day weekend. I would take Wednesday off because oh. then you never had to work more than two days in a row. Mm, I love that. Uh, but Gen Z may demand it. And uh, Gen Z, it's all about Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z. They're already changing the workplace, making an impact. Uh, in this story in the Washington Post, the chief human resources officer at an intellectual property firm says, for example, they've started at her company a Gen Z word of the week. Every week they'll present something to me and see if I already know it. And if I don't already know it, they'll explain it to me. Oh, my gosh. And, well, let me explain Warren Buffett to you, bucko. And they give me huge kudos when I can use it in a sentence. So far, the words have included the fire emoji, which, by the way, is not a word, <laughs> and the term clout. She said, I was like, I know what clout is, but it's all these new interpretations. Richie, what does clout mean? That I, I mean, clout to me means, you know, you've got sway, you have, you know, impact. Does it mean any, something else? I mean, that's the way I know about, and I have my nieces and nephews that teach me and keep me young and going, you know, like I just learned the other day, Riz and like all these other terms. And what's Riz? Riz is that it's kind of like charisma. Like you have that something, oh something, my you gosh. know, like swag, I guess you can say. So I'm seeing my daughter tonight. I'm going to say, you've got so much Riz <laughs> working yes. on my Riz today and Here she will slap me. She or, or say slay. I guess that's another one. Well, but that's not new. Slay's been around for a while. I mean, even True, I Slay. But I feel like they'd be using it a lot. The other day I was at Starbucks and I overheard a conversation of the baristas in the back. And I don't know what was said, <laughs> but I just heard the girl. She's like, that's a slay. And I'm like, oh, oh okay, cool. Okay, so it's more of um, like terminology. Now it's know. a noun. Yeah, pretty much. So finally then, new grads have no idea how to behave in the office. And so companies are now training young people how... <laughs> how to behave in the office because they're saying many members of the class of 2023 were freshmen in college in spring of 2020 when everything shut down during COVID. And a lot of them spent very multi, multiple semesters on a computer on zoom. You know, you could pretend that your connection went dead so you could log off or you could wear sweatpants all the time or no pants uh, all these sorts of things. You didn't really have to stand up in front of the class and give uh, presentations very often. And so apparently these kids have no skills with a Z, no skills when it comes to working in the office. And so now universities and recruiters are coming up with ways to train new hires and give them clear advice. Okay. Recent graduate Jocelyn Odom had her first hybrid internship after her junior year. And she found that working in person was draining thanks to wearing professional attire and staying energetic constantly. It, hi, uh-huh, yes, oh yes. So she needed some networking or, or seminars on how to improve her communication skills. So just before she graduated, she was going to Miami University of Ohio. She attended an etiquette dinner where she learned to follow the lead of more senior leaders at dinner. Eat at the pace of your boss. Discuss neutral topics. <laughs> so don't come right out and say like, you know, what do you think about Trump? And avoid personal questions. This is my fit. When buttering bread, 
It is best to put a slab of one's own, on one's own bread plate before applying it to a roll. And when cutting food, hold the fork hump side up. Now, didn't your mother teach you any yeah. of this? Why are you learning this as, as a college senior? There was another one, a William Lopez Gudiel, 23, intern for Warner Brothers Discovery, where he learned to destroy CNN. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he had a seminar on office dynamics, which covered dress codes, navigating interpersonal relationships. Um, they don't know, apparently, how to read colleagues' cues or navigating a meeting because they haven't been doing that in-person thing with pro uh, professionals or even during um, uh, internships or anything like that during college because it's all been so much virtual. So they're saying... Some of these seminars include the basics of talking in person, as simple as how to introduce yourself to a client or colleague. Oh, my God. Key tips include maintaining eye contact, taking pauses, and avoiding jargon. So you shouldn't say riz or slay. Like, hi, uh, I'm the new employee. Man, that you slay. You slay. <laughs> you got so much riz. Dead. It's... <laughs> It's also best to listen carefully to others and to adjust your introduction to highlight pieces of your background that will be most interesting then to you. So in other words, most interesting to me, if Tony were introducing himself to me, is that he is like a metal, heavy metal. Rock star. Oh my gosh. Who did you say you're going to see? Oh, later this summer, Pantera. Pantera. Back together, kind of. Well, that, but half of them are dead. I know. Okay. But I saw Static X a few, like a month ago. and You went to see what? A band called Static X. What's what's that? Another again. It's oh early God. 2000s. Oh my God. I'm so old. Clutch. Social Distortion. Oh, yeah. Social Distortion, I know. They're great. Okay. Oof. The company also found that young professionals are stiff, talk too fast, and rely too much on filler words like, um, which I, you know what I do whenever I fill in on this show? What? I go back and listen to it later and I say... Uh, way too much. Like, I can't think of what I want to say next. So instead of just stopping before I know my next thought, mm -hmm. I do a lot of stopping um, uh, before I... Um, uh, I've never noticed that. Oh, thank God. It makes me insane. See, I stop. One last thing, and I almost said, uh. <laughs> or like. Oh, well, no, I don't do that. That has to stop. Like now. Like right now. Like totally. yesterday. Like, yes. <laughs> uh, in you, when you introduce yourself, this is literally, which is also a word that's misused, but in this case it is literally because it was in a handout, a written handout. Students are instructed to introduce themselves by their first and last name and then, quote, stop. Let the other person then tell you their name. You know, as silly as this sounds, I mean, it does because so much of this just seems obvious and we take it for granted. But if these people that are graduating have no clue, then it is a good thing that they're being taught this. Shouldn't they have been taught this? Absolutely. Years ago. A hundred percent. What are they being taught? Is there life skills courses still or, or is that not a thing anymore? I think it's more about financial literacy now, which Something. I completely uh, approve of because nobody knows how to balance a checkbook. And these kids coming out of school need to know how to set a budget and that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, you used to learn in way back in the last century in home ec, 
you would learn how how to set a table, how to eat, to have proper etiquette, that sort of thing. You know, don't chew with your mouth open. Don't put your butter your butter knife in the butter plate and keep going back for more and more and more. Don't double dip. Don't double dip, which I really learned from Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I used to double dip. <gasps> I'm not kidding. You did not. I never thought twice about oh, it until Jane. Seinfeld. See, Seinfeld had an actual social, uh, positive social impact. The show about nothing meant something it to did. me. It did. Wow. Yeah. Ever since then, I've totally grossed myself out. I can't believe it. At the top of the hour, speaking of Seinfeld and scripted television or unscripted television, which is not always so unscripted, anybody that writes a script has been out of work for now for over six weeks. We are going to talk to a writer on what it's been like because this really is the summer of strikes. My my union, SAG-AFTRA, has approved a strike if we need to go on one. Uh, UPS could have a huge strike this summer. That's going to be terrible. But the writer's strike is dragging on, and we're not even talking about it anymore. And it's huge in this town. We will have we will talk about that when we come back. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.